Hello and welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is. It's a weekly podcast where we take a closer look at popular songs from the rock and roll era and we look into some of the stories behind those songs and the artists who made them famous. My name is Claude Cole and I could be watching The Magnificent Seven, but instead I'm here with you guys because I like you that much. Hey, don't forget to check out the website, howgooditis.com, where you can find some additional trivia, some follow-ups, and some other stuff that I found interesting. And, of course, go follow and like the show's Facebook page, which has some other stuff that'll keep you busy. You can find that over at facebook.com slash pod. Before I get started, let me first note that I finally figured out how to get download statistics for the show, and as of this recording... The show has been recorded, uh, I'm sorry, not recorded, downloaded 1,180 times. In addition, it's been played at the Podomatic website 54 times. That gives us a grand total of 1,234 downloads. And that doesn't even count the people who listen directly at the website. One, two, three, four. That's a cool number. And thank you so much for all your support. Now, most of you who download the show and listen will usually use some kind of software to keep your podcast organized. And if you don't, or if you're not happy with your current software, I'd like to suggest one to you. It's called Podcast Republic. And I've been using it for a little over a year now. Podcast Republic gives you fully automated downloads from all the major podcast networks. That's over 430,000 different podcasts to choose from. And you can build playlists or you can set up playback cues. And I just learned about this. If you have it installed on multiple devices, Podcast Republic will actually sync your subscriptions and your playbacks across those devices. And if you get it and you'll use it, you'll see that this podcast, How Good It Is, is one of their featured podcasts. So that's pretty cool. You know they've got good taste. It's easy to use and it's free in the Google Play Store. Go check it out, okay? Now, let me tell you a little bit about Ron Dante. Ron Dante is probably one of the most famous singers that nobody's ever heard of. Dante was born in 1945 on Staten Island, New York, and his name in those days was Carmine Granito. According to Tim Sendra, young Carmine broke his arm as a kid, and the doctor suggested that he either take up a sport or learn an instrument to help the healing process. Now, how learning a sport is going to help you heal your broken arm, I do not know. Anyway, Carmine chose to learn the guitar because he was a big Elvis fan, and before long he was playing in a neighborhood band called the Persuaders. When he was 15, he went to Manhattan to find some professional work, and after a couple of false starts, he managed to land a job singing demos in Don Kirshner's company, Alden Music. His first single from 1964 was called Little Lollipop, and the record credits him as Ronnie Dante, so before he had turned 20, He'd already adopted the Ron Dante moniker. Little Lollipop went absolutely nowhere, and I wasn't even able to find a recording that I could share with you. So that's that's just how badly it did. Anyway, while he was at Alden, he hooked up with a couple of other musicians named Tommy Wynn and Danny Jordan. They were putting together an album of surf music, and they were going to release that as a band called The Cabin Kids when they were approached by Danny's uncle, a man named Paul Vance. Now, Vance was the producer and one of the writers on Brian Hyland's Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny uh, Yellow Polka Dot Bikini. So he had a little bit of a track record, especially with the novelty songs. He talked the band into recording the song, and it was a parody of the Shangri-La's Leader of the Pack. Is he really going out with her? I don't know. Look, here he comes now. Let's ask him. Hey, Murray, is it true Betty's wearing your ring? Mm-hmm. Who's that banging on the piano? I don't know. You going out with her tonight? You bet your fur. By the way, where'd you meet her? I met her one day at the laundromat. She turned around and smiled at me. You got the 
picture? Yes, we see. And that's when I fell in love with the leader of the laundromat. My folks were always putting her down. Down, down. Because our laundry came back now, who sang lead on the record is a little bit hazy. Some sources say it was Danny Jordan, and others say it was Dante. Personally, I'm going with Danny Jordan, because most of Ron Dante's stuff has a very similar sound to it, and this one doesn't really match the others. What's a little bit more certain is the answer to the question asked twice during the song. Who's that banging on the piano? I don't know. That would be Leroy Glover. Anyway, Leader of the Laundromat went to number 19 on the Billboard charts in 1965, and it got enough attention that the composers of Leader of the Pack actually sued the band for copyright infringement, and that was a suit that was settled out of court. And it was successful enough that the group abandoned the Cabin Kids project, and they recorded an entire album of novelty songs as the detergents. Around the time the lawsuit was settled, uh, Dante auditioned for another project for Don Kirshner and producer Jeff Barry, and he did manage to get the gig. I recall just walking down the street. The job was singing lead for a band called the Archies. The city heat. I saw her from the corner of my eye. Yeah, she looked so good I thought I'd die. My heart went bang, shang, lang. Bang, shang, lang. Bang, shang, Bang Shang Alang was the debut single for this fictional garage band, and it went to number 19 on the charts. I gotta say something, you know, I was a little kid when this record came out, and I did watch the Archie cartoons, and I have a pretty good memory for the hits of that time. I don't really have a strong memory of hearing this song on the radio, but I do remember it being one of those cereal box records that I talked about a couple of weeks ago. And sure enough, Bang Shang Alang is not the song for which the Archies are best known. Sugar Sugar was written by Jeff Barry and Andy Kim in 1969, and clearly they had young children in mind when they put the song together. After all, that was the show's audience. But they also wanted to have the song, uh, the song to have a little bit of a teenage sensibility as well, so you get lines like the loveliness of loving you and the formula worked because it was a big hit. The three main singers in the Archies were Ron Dante, Jeff Barry would occasionally sing bass and uh, he would as Jughead, and Tony Wine provided the Veronica and Betty vocals for Sugar Sugar. Wine left the group around the time the song became a hit and other singers were substituted in when they needed a female. According to an interview that Tony Wine did with SongFacts.com, the recording session was very easy and they knew they had a hit on their hands. Wine also revealed that one of the people providing the hand claps for this song is Ray Stevens because he had come to the studio to see her. Now the radio stations were reluctant to play music coming off a cartoon band, but Kirshner's promotion guy had an interesting tactic for getting the airplay. He would go into the radio stations personally, and he would play the record, but he wouldn't tell the program director the name of the band until after they agreed to add it to their playlist. Sometimes they could only get the band, uh, the, the uh, radio station to play the song one time, but often one time was plenty because then the phones would light up. According to Andy Kim, that was the best thing about being in the industry about at that time. You could depend on audience reaction to affect airplay. 
Sugar Sugar was not only a number one hit in the uh, United States for three weeks, it topped the charts in the UK and several other nations, and it was the number one single of the year in America, spending a total of 22 weeks on the Hot 100. In fact, on the Billboard all-time chart uh, running from 1958 through 2015, Sugar Sugar is at number 78. Now, in addition to the Archie's Project, Ron Dante was working on something else around the same time. Paul Vance and Lee Pockris had written a song that they thought Dante could work with, and so he created yet another fictional band under which to record that song. According to Dante, he put on a lead voice, he doubled it a couple of times, and then he dubbed in something like 16 background vocals, and he knocked it out in just a couple of hours. Dante promised them if the song was a hit, he would record an entire album of this non-existent band. me off the ceiling Tracy day after day when you're this way I get a love and Sure enough, the cuffling song Tracy went to number 9 in the US, number 1 in Canada, and number 4 in the UK, and was a top 10 record in Australia. And as soon as it charted, Vance and Pockris started rifling through their catalog to find other songs for Dante to record as the cufflinks. Dante said he did the vocals for the entire album in about a day and a half, the fastest he has ever made an album. So during the week of October 18, 1969, Sugar Sugar had just dropped out of the number 1 spot into the number 3 position. Tracy had just edged into the top 10 on its way to number 9. Ron Dante was the lead singer for two records in the top 10 at the same time, and he was contractually prohibited from revealing that he was the voice behind either one of them. The Archers released a couple of other singles, and the biggest one of the follow-ups to Sugar Sugar would be the one that came immediately after, a tune called Jingle Jangle. Now, what you're supposed to be listening to now, right now, is either Betty or Veronica. But what you're actually listening to is Ron Dante singing falsetto. Now, all of this is not to say that Dante didn't have a good reputation in the music industry. In fact, he did have a, a good reputation. He did quite a lot of work. Uh, he sang on lots of commercials in the early 1970s, and at one point, around 1973, 74, he met with a composer of commercial jingles, a fellow named Barry Manilow. You might have heard of him, right? Well, the two of them hit it off, and Dante became Manilow's musical director and producer, which really paid off when Manilow's first hit, Mandy, struck it big. In the late 1970s, Dante branched out into producing for Broadway, where he picked up a couple of Tony Awards for Ain't Misbehaving and Children of a Lesser God. Nowadays, Ron Dante is still active, still touring, and in fact, right now, he's on tour with the Turtles on the Happy Together Tour, and you can see the tour dates at his website, rondante.com. And that's it for this edition of How Good It Is. If you want to get in touch with me, well, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com or... 
You can follow me on Twitter at HowGoodItIsPod. You can also check out and follow the show's Facebook page at Facebook.com slash HowGoodItIsPod. Or you can check out the show's website, HowGoodItIs.com, where I throw in a few extra bits for you. Next time around, we are going to find out how good it is to find out just how many Thompson twins there are anyway. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Podcast Republic for the shout out. And I will see you next week. <laughs>